So hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Uh, this is me, Sunil. I'm your host for today. I have Akshita Kamat with me today on this episode. So Akshita heads content marketing at Moengage. Uh, Moengage is one of the fastest growing customer engagement SaaS company in India. And uh, I have hosted Ravi Teja, who is the CEO on Mo- of Moengage, to talk uh, the story of Moengage before on the same podcast. So you can go and check that episode out as well. Uh, so hey Akshita, uh, welcome to the podcast. Hi Sunil, uh, thank you so much for having me over Sunil. Um, really excited. I think we've been talking about doing this for some time. Yeah, <laughs> finally, it happened yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, finally, finally excited to uh, talk to you on this. I know we've spoken otherwise, but uh, on the podcast. So excited to be on your podcast. I've been listening to this for a while now, and uh, I think you bring out really good insights to this. So thanks for having me over. Thanks for that compliment, Akshata. Yeah. So is there any intro that you would want uh, the people to know more about you? Yeah. So if I were to introduce myself, I would start with writing. I think my passion for writing is at the core of why I'm in this point in my career and in this field and in this company. I think everything starts from there. Uh, I've always had a passion for writing right from when I was very young back in school. And the other thing that I was always interested in is technology, which is why I sort of pursued my engineering. And then uh, when I started uh, looking out for work, I was looking for a product kind of companies and uh, what happened is early in my career I uh, found an opportunity for technical writing and this sort of you know blended perfectly for me because it took my writing skills in a technical sort of setup so it was the perfect job I could dream of and I I started working there I could apply what I knew and I could also do write Sorry, I'll say that again. So I could, I could, I could do what I like, and I could also write. So that was really, really interesting. So this this job I did was with Conserve Systems, which is now part of Schneider Electric. From there, I transitioned um, to a technical writing role at Visuri, where I moved from writing to uh, marketing and then content marketing. And uh, this was a time again when content marketing was gaining prominence. So that's that's where uh, I learned a lot about content marketing and how it works. Um, you know, and it was an interesting journey over there. Uh, from there to Simply Learn and now to back to more Engage. It's, it's been an interesting uh, journey of sorts. And I feel like I've been with content marketing for so long now uh, it's it's really uh, it kind of defines a lot of things for me and uh, it's really very very special for me in this space yeah and i think uh, content marketing is now at the center of any company's marketing function so it, it's even more exciting for me to be in this space right now right so i'm talking to a lot of marketing leaders and what they are saying is like now is the time your consumers are researching about your products right or your service or your offering Mm -hmm. and which team does a better job than the content team to you know educate your customers and giving them all resources that they want now so that you know they can make the purchase decision six months down the line when all this uh, pans out so i think content is definitely one great channel for that every company you know should put a lot of focus on so like what all do you take care at moengage can you tell us more on that yeah, at uh, Moengage, I oversee content marketing as a function. So you, you just get introduction to Moengage, uh, but it's a customer engagement platform that helps a lot of consumer brands stay connected with their audiences. So even during times like these, when, you know, physical touch points are not possible or people are 
still not you know some of the uh, apps or the websites cannot sell their products or their services uh, they can still stay connected uh, with their consumers and our platform helps them do that so what this means is that you know uh, there's a lot of emphasis on user centricity for our consumers for our audience and as the content marketing team and someone who looks after the team over here for us one of the biggest areas is to look after the the audience and understand uh, what's going on uh, understand their needs understand what they are uh, interested in how how you know and it completely shifts like in a situation like this so uh, that's one of the core areas we look at uh, from a consumer from our user perspective from our audience perspective what is it they are looking for what kind of information helps them so i think if i have to tell you what my team does or what my function does our role is to make our users smarter we help them with the consumer trends we provide them content uh, that helps them do things better we help them with ideas and ways to do things uh, in an easier or improved manner that they are already doing and also point them towards what we see as a future in terms of marketing or engagement so that's premise that's the premise of what my team does so yeah any kind of you know content that we produce is centered around these four or five thoughts right so you're like an in company library of content <laughs> right <laughs> like that everyone like in any team can reach out to to you know just get to know about anything that we, you guys are doing right because not all teams are updated on what their customers are doing or maybe of the case studies or what how the customers is actually using the product and stuff like that but obviously a great job in you know educating all the teams inside the company and also the customers and the prospects updating all of them with all this information so that's a really great uh, thing so uh, yeah so we're going to have like a uh, like a technical discussion on like the content stack Uh, that you guys or you and your team is using at moing age so what, what is the content stack compromised of at moing age so i think everybody is very familiar with the martech stack and there are multiple versions of this and uh, you know you've seen so many representations and but for content i think there are it's it's more simpler it's not so cluttered there are three or four core layers and uh, within that i think there are a few things um, at least that's how i envision uh, looking at the tools we've been using and looking at the way uh, you know uh, the things are the art platforms or the content uh, tools are lined up for us i think there needs to be a cms obviously because it's the core so cms is that large container that holds all of your digital content in one place right so uh, blogs landing pages resources your creatives house it all in one place so that cms tool is very important uh, to sort of house everything in one place so that it's easy to repurpose uh, use across the board whenever required so you know maintaining consistency or repurposing some of it becomes that much easier mm-hmm. then you know there are there is a set of tools you'll use for content production and distribution Uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, primarily you'll use a lot of tools for ideation research production distribution so i think there are four or five uh, sub categories there but primarily uh, once i have a cms to house all the content that i'm producing then the next layer i see is of the act of producing itself so a bunch of tools for creating that content and then distributing that content is the next sort of uh, set for me and uh, the final set is the analytics right so because uh, we are in a day and age where there is abundant information available in terms of data in terms of 
uh, how each of these have fared and we are also in a day and age where we want to optimize our spends we want to optimize our efforts do things that are working improve things that are not working you know so analytics also is very important so i think there are these three areas that primarily form the stack for me so that's really interesting so can you go into more details on these these three uh, layers of stack or you know these three layers in your content stack that you have at moengage yeah i think from a cms perspective you know i'd like to have one platform uh, that's not happened we obviously have multiple places that's primarily i think because uh, each of these are not fully developed to uh support content marketing needs uh, so right now we have hubspot and wordpress uh, tools like that for managing the cms for us then there is a set of tools uh, i think we use for various you know i i would group them by the activity itself activity of content production and distribution right so the first first area is research and ideation which means that before we start producing some content we want to be sure that uh, this is the right piece of content there is a market right. for this people want to be interested in uh, consuming this right so that's that's the first piece and i think here we are fairly using common tools like buzzsumo ahrefs the ones that are there so uh, largely leaning on keyword density is uh, the kind of traffic that is available the kind of questions that people are asking we also look at quora by the way sometimes uh, because right. it's interesting to find out uh, what questions people are asking on a particular topic right and uh, these questions vary so uh, while this search volume tools this uh, keyword tools give you a sort of indication quora is also an interesting place because a lot of people are asking questions there so right. uh, these are some tools um, that we look at when we do our uh, research and sort of are ideating on what to write uh, of course there are some uh, tools that hubspot has for topic generators idea generators but i think they are not advanced enough for us to really come up with ideas at least for the b2b saas market i think for b2c it works well uh, but yeah i think uh, from a research perspective these are two or three tools that uh, we look at Right. Then and after research and ideation, then if I were to look at writing, editing, that whole part of producing, you know, the content, there are multiple layers there as well. Uh, so if I look at writing, editing, all of that, there's obviously Grammarly, Cute Text uh, for plagiarism. Uh, there is something called as Hemingway app, which is a free tool because Grammarly is a paid tool. So there's Hemingway app. which is a completely free tool but does a beautiful job of uh, not only highlighting your grammar mistakes it also tells you uh, voice and tense and readability score so it's perfect mm-hmm. so these are some tools we use for writing at text then there is you know after you write then there is graphics and if you want video all of that so obviously there are the heavy duty adobe premiere photoshop and all of that but if i were to sort of suggest uh, for listeners who want to hear about tools that are not so popular uh, there's lumen5 uh, i don't know how many people have used them but yeah. uh, lumen5 is a video production tool it has a paid scheme package but if you're also on a free sort of a, a sign up it is it's quite good you can produce videos really really fast like a 30 second or they have a large stock video uh, library which is very awesome and you don't really need to have too many editing or video skills to use this tool so it's it's almost like a canva for video making right. so lumen5 is something um, that's very very helpful infogram is another tool uh, not very popular but really really good 
so infogram helps you create uh, interactive infographics right yeah. so you can certain parts you can have some graphs moving so it's more engaging so these are two tools that uh, are not popularly known uh, again can right. be used as a as user or if you want to use their advanced features there are paid advanced features available as well but um, i think these have helped us a lot yeah so just just want to add one point there so yeah i used to mm-hmm. work at rocketium which is a competitor for lumen5 so I just want to say mm-hmm. that Rocketim is also one of the great tools out there. So you can try that as well in, in, if, in case you don't like Lumen5. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've used uh, Rocketium as well uh, mm-hmm. in the past. I think Rocketium has a lot of templates which are very good, which Lumen doesn't yeah. have. Uh, they offer oh, a lot of ready-made templates which you can easily plug in and sort of start using. Yeah, I think that's a great tool right. as well. Totally, yeah. Then coming to distribution. I think mm-hmm. everybody yeah. knows uh, the usual buffer or the social media tools that are there. Uh, right. You also know about uh, HubSpot, which can be used for, say, emails and for blog publishing if you want to or all of that. But there is, again, another tool that I would strongly recommend, uh, more so a channel, uh, which is Zest. Uh-huh. Which is, oh, nice. Yeah which is a more recent uh, channel. So, I mean, again, if you want to sponsor something and put up sponsored content, that works as well. But even organically, if your content is really good, it gets a lot of visibility. You get a lot of you know, audience from there. It really gives you a good reach. Uh, and the, the, the best part about Zest is that they are very, very strict in terms of what content they want to put up on their platform. So if, if it is not good enough, they're not going to put. So that itself adds a lot of credibility. So people who are consuming content there, they already know that this has been validated by Zest. I think that sort of, uh, you know, uh, clears that uh, first step for people to click on your uh, content piece at all. So Zest is another, I think, not so typically used channel right. that I really strongly recommend for distribution. Anything right. you used for podcasts on the podcast side? Mostly, so it's it's all these apps that you know allows you to listen to podcasts for sure. Like any any hosting provider for podcast will give you all these distribution channels, right? But only what you can do with podcast is in terms of distribution, and uh, you know which has helped me and which has helped like a lot of people is like you can convert these same podcast into articles, right? And get the organic SEO traffic uh, rolling on to your site as well. So there are a few companies or there are a few like you know websites or platforms that are building like the the text translators for podcasts. Like for example, it's like a Google Alerts but for podcasts. So for example, let's say if you we talked about all these tools, right? So imagine mm-hmm. these tools are setting up uh, some Google Alerts in terms of the podcast. So like if their tool is mentioned in some of the episode, so that that this platform will tell them oh which in which podcast and which episode your tool your name or these keywords were mentioned. So this is kind of like you know very early thing, but it's kind of uh, like you know people are building on top of that. Like Apple and Spotify are working towards building these functionalities as well. But yeah, there's one one platform which is called Listen Note, which allows you to do that. So I think that's one uh, good thing. So that if you want to know where Mo Engage. Uh, is mentioned on what podcast Mo Engage as a keyword is mentioned, so you can just go and you know check check out uh, there, right? So I think this is one helpful uh, platform. 
Interesting. So I must try that because I think, you know, as voice search and a voice as a medium gains popularity, this kind of becomes very, very important uh, more and more uh, because right now um, most of the search uh, crawlers or the searching tools are focused on the text content. But yeah, I think this is very, does it also look at videos like YouTube content or it's just for podcasts? Currently, this platform that I talked about is only for podcasts. It's not for video as I am aware of. But yeah, I mean, it can work on videos as well. It, it's not like very different. You can just pass the tech and the audio content from the video and then, you know, convert it to text and then give it in the search results. Just like how this this, this platform would be doing. But yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely one great uh, way to, you know, keep on track on top of what, how people are, where people are talking about you, where your customers or prospects or, you know, are talking about your brand and your company or those specific keywords that you want to, you know, target, right? So, yeah, I mean, so, and it, it, it all comes like whatever efforts that we just discussed, right? So whatever, what, what, no matter what your stack we use, it's, if it's not helping you pushing in the right direction, they're not useful, right? So it's all, the tools will only help you, but uh, it all comes down to, you know, what strategy you use and what content you, you know, create with the help of all these tools. So what has been the impact of all these tools for Moengage, right? I think on multiple levels, right? At the core, when I look at tools within content marketing, I think most importantly, they are to improve the speed and the accuracy and help us more effect, be more effective. I think that's that's primarily the main reason why uh, we should use tools at all in content marketing. And, you know, so whether it is the analytics tools or the research tools that sort of aligns your gut. So usually, you know, if I were to pick a topic to write, I might have a sense of what the audience wants, but if I want to sort of be razor sharp about it and I want to be very, very specific because you know how much uh, content is out there. So if I want to stand out, I want to reach the right people, it becomes very important to uh, optimize it and speak about the right thing that people are looking for rather than something that I have a hunch about. So uh, I think right from sort of validating these uh, ideas uh, that we have and sort of making them more relevant to the audience, because that's whom you're writing or talking or, uh, you know, recording for. So uh, making the content much, much more relevant. Second, I think uh, making it more accurate, right? You know, if I were to sit through a large doc and read through fix edits, fix voice, it's, it's a tedious task. So I think the editing tools sort of make that job much, much easier for us. It's so much faster. Plagiarism check, very important. Um, I think especially if you have a lot of content that you're outsourcing and, uh, you want to be sure that you know you have original content and it's not come from some other place or uh, something that you quoted from somewhere else you've forgotten to mention source so to be hundred percent sure that you are boosting your credibility I think uh, these tools really really are important you know, you want to make your content look good so you want to uh, and make it more engaging and make it uh, appeal to the audience because uh, short attention spans people are looking at it on the mobile screens so they do they have so much of options available it's not that you know they uh, they are going to look at your content as well so how do you make it better so i think on these different levels i find tools really helpful right from making it better in terms of uh, you know the topic or the theme or making it more relevant to the audience in terms of uh, improving the quality of the content itself to making it uh, into the right format or an engaging format that 
works for the audience. So I think there are multiple ways in which we use and of course saves time, helps us be more creative with our work so that we are faster and better at our work. Totally, I mean, that really helps. And uh, like, you know, talking about the the outcome, right? So mm-hmm. of using all these tools and creating all this great content. So that that so any success stories that we, that you want to share uh, in terms in terms of mowing is that you have seen by using all these content stack and to probably comparing it to before using this and maybe after using this hmm. yeah i think there are there are a couple of things that have worked very very dramatically for us one of course is uh, the you know the infogram that i mentioned earlier so creating an infographic you know and making it uh, look good or uh, appeal to the audience is is quite difficult because it needs to look right you need to have the right icons and it needs to be laid out properly and usually a designer's or a graphic person's job uh, but with infogram we were about able to build out an entire report you know we we published the we published this e-commerce retention reports with travel reports recently published the covid report so publishing reports uh, and uh, you know data backed kind of uh, graphics or documents becomes so much much easier and so much more better so it's it's a really really uh, simple and easy tool and uh, i think in terms of if i were to show uh, results for it or how did it work well for us one i think it saved us time helps us do churn that content out really fast because also when you look at data back content right, it needs to be it needs to uh, be put to the market fast right because otherwise the data sort of becomes old so uh, it shortens our time of production because you know we don't have to go back and forth with the designer it's easy to edit uh, plus it has this interactive layer it's so interesting to use it's easy to use uh, firstly so i think that tool has really really helped us uh, boost our um, you know report production and also make the report look good and interesting without you know too much effort uh, plus i think on the cost side uh, you know if you're not going to a designer and all of that so it's also cost implication but mostly i would say from a use experience perspective for the user and uh, from a production standpoint it's really worked for us it's helped us um, scale work really fast it also helped us uh, get a lot more engaged users on that platform for us yeah um, i think what these uh, this stack really does is it kind of you know makes you more productive uh, make allows you to do things a lot faster and uh, you know the removes any chance for errors and obviously you know reduce any dependencies that you would have like with different teams right so for example in case of this this in infograph that you mentioned right so mm-hmm. that maybe allows you to reduce the dependency on a design team and you know allows your content team to move faster and you know uh, take the content uh, faster to to you know publishing right so i mean that's really uh, like great and i think we have reached like the course here for this episode and i just have a few lightning questions that's why you up yeah 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 let's see awesome <laughs> uh, so yeah what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started yeah i i never thought content would be so important for any company's marketing back then because at that point i think it was just one writer writing blogs so uh, this is something i never imagined would happen so fast interesting. interesting yeah and what did your biggest professional failure teach you i think not to give up and not to lose heart and also to look at 
look at that situation in a neutral manner and find out why it went wrong i think that's that's my biggest takeaway from any failures i've had that um, you know i i've sort of not started associating myself very emotionally with a success or failure for that matter so i just look at the situation if i have had a failure and look at it and sort of i'm able to now uh, introspect on what went wrong and why i should move on from there totally and so my last question what is the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve experiment explore uh, keep trying keep looking out i think that's that's the only way you know you can get better and you can do it faster so uh, all the tools i mentioned all the various uh, things i've tried i think without experimenting them or even exploring or looking for them i wouldn't know they exist so yeah i think a lot of things i've done or learned in my career uh, some have worked some haven't uh, they've always been uh, as a result of Uh, exploring or experimenting so i think that is something that i would keep doing that's that's interesting so i think this has been a very insightful discussion i mean people are going to take away so much from from this conversation and they, i'm sure like each one would have something to you know as an actionable item for themselves like after listening to the podcast when they go back to work and they can you know look for some things up that we discussed and you know start implementing so thanks for an insightful uh, discussion akshita Thank you Sunil thank you so much for having me here Awesome